Welcome to the Wandering CEO Podcast, where ambition meets adventure. I'm your host, Priyanka, and I am on a journey to build a business and see the world because I believe we all deserve to live a life that resonates down to our very core. This podcast is all about aligning our career with our lives so that we have more fulfillment, freedom, and flexibility to do what we want to do. Join me every week for some real talk where we chat travel and entrepreneurship to start living lives we are simply obsessed with. Ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Wandering CEO Podcast. As always, I'm so excited that you're here and I'm really pumped for today's episode because I just got back from my trip to Japan last night. And so in today's episode, we're going to talk all about my trip, which by the way, was absolutely incredible. Can't wait to share about it with you. And I'm also going to talk about some insight into the Japanese culture, some of these experiences that we had that I think left us feeling incredibly inspired. So I'm hoping it's going to inspire you as well, maybe for this week ahead, for the next year coming up. And I hope you're also going to consider adding Japan to your bucket list after you listen to this episode, because not only was it one of the best trips I've ever had, I think Japan has taken a little piece of my heart as well. And I truly cannot wait to make it back to this wonderful country someday. So by the way, if you are interested in taking a trip to Japan, I am planning on writing everything that we've did and documenting it in different blog posts over the next couple of weeks. So If you want to plan a trip, I will have everything for you. I'll have itineraries, foodie guides, tips, all that you need. So if you don't want to miss any of those blog posts, make sure you're signed up for my newsletter. The link is in the show notes. That is the best way to stay up to date, not only with new podcast episodes, my personal life, but definitely new blog posts as well. And I send out a weekly newsletter on Wednesday. So don't worry, I'm not in your inbox too much. So if you want to plan the trip to Japan, definitely do that. Um, and other reminder is I'm not on social media right now. I'm taking a little social media cleanse until the new year. So if you love this episode or if you have any feedback about the episode, please send me an email. It's at mail at pschenaja.com. Also in the show notes, that's the best way for us to stay in touch with each other right now. And then I'll be back on Instagram in the new year. Okay. So let's talk about the trip. Uh, We spent two weeks, so we, meaning me and my fiance, Eric, we spent two weeks across Tokyo, Kyoto, Koyasan, and Osaka. So Tokyo, such a great intro to Japan. There are so many neighborhoods to explore. It's just such an incredibly vibrant city. It's bustling. There's endless things to do. Everything is, I'm not using the word amazing here lightly, it's everything is just well done. Like when you get a cup of coffee, it's one of the best cups of coffee you ever had. When you go and you see how vibrant a alley is, it's just one of the most like interesting alleys you've ever seen. Like it's everything is just really, really well done. And the vibe is so infectious. It's a place that you want to spend a lot of time in. And, and I'm glad we spent five nights here. I think you could spend weeks here. I think as a city, you could come back over and over to just know that when you go to Tokyo, you're not gonna be able to see everything at once. And that's okay. It's just like, kind of like visiting New York, you you almost want to just be there and explore and eat good food and, and just like, see as much of the city as possible. So that was Tokyo. And then we took a day trip from Tokyo to the Koshu Valley to try some Japanese wine. This was very, very off the beaten path. I would only recommend doing this day trip if you're okay with getting a little off the beaten path, maybe a little out of your comfort zone. So 
we were dropped off at a bus station that was kind of like on the side of the highway and we didn't know how to get out of it. Um, that might sound strange to you, but again, we were on the side of the highway and we needed to get onto the other side of the highway and we could see a pedestrian bridge, but we didn't know how to get to it. So we did spend like 10 minutes, like wandering around this like bus station, trying to find like, how do we get up to the stairs? Cause there were like closed gates. Nothing was in English. Of course. Um, we ended up figuring it out. And after we crossed to the other side of the highway, like wandered through vineyards, that's where the path was. It was through other people's vineyards. We didn't see a soul in sight. And we were kind of thinking like, okay, is this actually going to work out? And we ended up having a wonderful day trip. We were able to walk to three different wineries. We did a bunch of tastings and it was one of the highlights of our trip. It was so, so beautiful. The area, it was really interesting to try Japanese wine and we just had a really, really great day. So definitely recommend that. And then after the Koshi Valley, we went to Kyoto and Kyoto is this amazing city with glimpses of a more historic Japan. So you have the temples and the shrines and you see, we even saw a couple of geishas scurrying to the, and then you also have these creative cocktail spots hidden in buildings. You have beautiful green spaces. I mean, there's just so much to do here. I would definitely add more days here. That's the one thing I would change for this trip. And one that I'll include in the blog post is you definitely want a little bit more time in Kyoto than you might have seen recommended before. And then after Kyoto, we went to Kwesan and we stayed in a temple. We stayed in a Buddhist temple and we had this incredible meal served by monks. We just like took in all of the energy of the temple. It was so peaceful and relaxing. We went to the morning prayer. It was really neat to have that, to have that experience and that insight into, into, into Buddhism. And it took us three trains, a bus, and a cable car to get there, which sounds like a lot, but it actually was really seamless. That's one thing about Japan. You can get everywhere via public transportation and everything runs on time. So it's all really well connected. And it's something that I I know I'm going to really miss. And the last thing we did is we went to Osaka. We didn't have as much time here, but I think it was a great addition to the trip as well. It's also vibrant and bustling, but somehow it's completely different than Tokyo. And we had some really neat foodie experiences there as well. So that's kind of our trip in a nutshell. And now let's talk a little bit about just these experiences that we had and the the insight we had into Japanese culture, which I am truly in love with. So one thing that I really saw was the commitment to excellence and taking pride in everything you do. So for some context, I'm a huge foodie. So is my fiance. And we're both vegetarian as well, which we were a little worried about for our trip to Japan, just because it's, you know, heavy meat um, and fish culture. But we didn't need to worry. There were definitely options. There were full vegan vegetarian restaurants. And then some of the other restaurants also like had options for vegetarian. But the thing that we really noticed during these experiences, so not only did we have low expectations because I was like, oh, I don't know, this isn't something, you know, they really focus on. Not only were expectations blown out of the water, all the food we had was fantastic. But also it was just the fact that they really, really committed to what they were doing. And it was just, you could see the pride in everything that they did. So for example, people took true joy when we complimented them on on our meals. And the dishes would be so well done, not just from the creativity of what was in the dish, but the presentation and then the flavors. And 
we would tell, you know, the, whoever was serving us, we would say, oh my God, this is absolutely amazing. And you could see how much that compliment really, really meant to them. And a lot of times too, the chef is actually the owner of the restaurant. And this was just our experience in, in a few restaurants. I'm sure that's not the case everywhere, of course, but you could see that that really meant a lot that we were showing true gratitude for what we were eating. And you could tell again, that they're really committed to excellence. No one is phoning in anything here. It is all like when they're doing something, they're doing it well, and they're taking pride in what they're doing. And I think that is something that when we think about aligning our career with the lives that we want to live and living lives, we are truly obsessed with and just finding the joy in our day to day, this mentality of just committing ourselves to excellence, to taking pride in everything we do. And if we're going to do something, let's like do it with our whole heart. I think that is something that we can really take away and something I am personally taking away from this trip. And so let me give you an example. In Osaka on our last night there, we were really tired. And so we wanted to eat somewhere near the hotel, which meant it was not one of the restaurants I'd already you know, researched. Those were a little bit further away. And so we were like, okay, I hope there's vegetarian options, but if there's not, no biggie, we'll go find somewhere else. So we walk into this Mexican restaurant and we sit down at the bar and we start talking to um, to the to the lady behind the bar and her, you know, not much English, so we're, we're trying to communicate with a little bit of Japanese that my fiance knows and you know, the use of Google Translate and we're you know, trying to communicate that we're vegetarian and you know, is there anything they can make for us? So as we're having this exchange, the chef actually comes out from the kitchen and he was like, okay, what can I do for you? He spoke a bit more English. So we explained, we're like, hey, we're vegetarian. We're not picky. Like whatever you can make us, we're the only people in this restaurant, by the way. And we're basically asking the chef to make something that's really not on his menu. We like had scanned the menu and translated it. And there, it, it, there didn't seem to be really anything vegetarian. So he starts talking to us. He's like, okay, I can do, you know, they can do this avocado thing. I can do this burrito thing. And I was like, yes, all of that. That sounds great. So he goes and he, you know, he starts cooking. And the first thing he brings out is this avocado. It's basically kind of like guacamole, um, but it's avocado and it's cheese and it's got like the texture of guacamole. The flavor is a bit different. And he makes and he brings out this pico that he was like, okay, you didn't ask for this, but I'm bringing you this. It's really good. And he brings out like this other like carrot mousse thing. And the flavors were so unbelievable, but more than that. It was the fact that he really thought through what he can make for us. Like, remember, we're the only two people in this restaurant. We're asking for something off the menu and he is really committing to excellence. He is he is really thinking through how he can creatively still give us a fantastic meal. So, great start to the meal. And then he brings out the veggie burrito that he's created for us and it's got this fusion of Japanese flavors and some of the veggies and fused with the Mexican flavors. And no joke, one of the best burritos I've ever had. It was so well done. And we also asked for this hot sauce that he made right then and there. Like he made it in the kitchen. As soon as we ordered it, he brought that out. We we sat and we talked with him for a little bit. He made us this delicious dessert. You know, we talked about like the fact that he owned the restaurant, that what he did before the restaurant. I mean, just such a amazing experience. And if you're a foodie like I am, then you know how wonderful having these types of experiences are and how rare it is to be able to have conversations with the chef, to understand what influences them, what inspired them, and also to have such an amazing vegetarian experience when not on the menu, not something he normally does, but he he really, really committed 
to creating something that he took pride in. So so I just think that that is definitely going to be one of the experiences that stands out to me for this trip. And by the way, that was not, I mean, that was a unique experience in the sense that we didn't know if he could do vegetarian options, but every single restaurant that we went to, we really felt that commitment to excellence. So that was one of the things that I really am taking away from this trip. The second is I was just so impressed by what people are doing and what people can do. So another foodie restaurant experience that we had, again, also in Osaka, actually, we went to this restaurant that was run completely by one woman. Okay. One woman runs this entire place. And by the way, this is not a small place. We walk up to the restaurant and there are these chairs, these plastic chairs um, in a line outside. And so she clearly has a lot of people coming to wait. And already it's something that sets this restaurant apart because a lot of places in Japan you do line up for. But this one, she had had chairs there. She has like this water station outside. So if you're waiting, you're going to be comfortable. And then you walk into the restaurant and it's her in this like open kitchen. Like she is just cooking away and you order your food and then you find a seat in any of the six floors. I mean, this place is massive. It's got a rooftop and everything. And then she has this microphone that she has in the kitchen and she will tell you when your food is ready and you'll hear her on any of the floors that you're that you're on. And you can also use the microphone to talk back to her. So once your food is ready, you go and you pick it up. And then she also has these drink stations everywhere. So you make your own drink. And at the end, you just pay for whatever drink that you made. So basically, she is completely focused on cooking the food. You pick up the food, you make your own drinks, you know, you bust your own table. And it was so unbelievably impressive. Like, think about it. Have you ever, ever been to a restaurant? One that was six floors that gets so busy that there is a huge space to wait outside. I mean, there's the lines of chairs. Have you ever, ever been to a restaurant that is run by one woman? Like, what a freaking badass. And the environment is so fun. It's so eclectic and weird and just like a really good time. All the walls have this graffiti on it. Everyone's like talking about her on the wall. And they're like, this woman could seriously run the world. And I sat there, you know, eating my food. And which, by the way, was fantastic. And I was feeling so incredibly inspired to just see this level of skill and ability and seeing this woman go after it and crushing it. And it just felt really inspiring to kind of like raise the bar a little bit to be like, okay, if she can do that, like, what can I do? And uh, I wish you were there with me. So you could also feel what I felt in that moment. But hopefully, at least hearing me talk about it is also inspiring you as well. Because it was just such a badass experience. And the last thing I want to talk about that I really loved about the Japanese culture is this concept of respect. We were treated so well and they treat each other so well and people just respect one another. And I know that there is you know, more to it and the actual culture, but just from what we experienced as tourists, where we were treated so well, we were always, everyone was so kind. People would bow to you when you left the restaurant. Again, people were so excited when you complimented their food. It was just this notion of respect that you see not only, you know, as an outsider coming into their space, but also how they treat one another, that it was such a stark contrast with some of our day-to-day life when we're like, you know, I live in Boston and like people, eh, I mean, do I feel respected? Like, are people kind all the time? Maybe not. Like, I I just, it was so fascinating and beautiful to watch this level of respect and kindness that just takes place on 
a day-to-day basis. And it is something that I'm also going to take back with me. I mean, how hard is it you know, to be nice, to be kind, to respect other people. And I wish, I wish we just did it more. I wish we did it more as a society, as a world, like this basic common decency of respecting other human beings is just so well done in Japan that I, yeah, I wish it was something that you saw more often. And again, I'm talking about this from a tourist perspective. Of course, I can't comment on the ins and outs of the Japanese culture, but this is just what I experienced. And I experienced it every single day of two weeks without without fail. There was never a time where we were treated disrespectfully. There was never a time where anyone wasn't rude. Everyone was always patient with us. And I mean, we tried to be as respectful and kind back, but like also being really cognizant of the fact that like we don't speak Japanese and that sometimes we were asking for a little bit more complicated things with our vegetarian dietary restrictions. And so we were trying to be really cognizant of this fact that maybe it was a little inconvenient sometimes to deal with this. And yet nobody ever let on on that fact. They were always overjoyed to have us there, or at least they seemed overjoyed to have us there. And I think that that's just a beautiful reminder to be kind and to respect one another. Oh, talking about this makes me already want to hop on a plane. If it wasn't such a long plane ride, I seriously would look at flight tickets back. By the way, while we were in Japan, my fiance, Eric and I, we were both so inspired by everything that I'm talking about that we're actually thinking of starting a project that I can't wait to share with you. As a hint, it's going to involve travel, of course, and it's going to be for any other vegetarian foodies out there. So we literally had this idea in Japan while we were walking to this awesome coffee shop. And I'm really excited to share about it. But I really think, again, this is this is a testament to how inspiring Japan was and how incredible this trip was that we had this idea that came to us. So we'll definitely share more about that. Stay tuned. But I hope you found this episode inspiring. I hope it was just kind of fun to take this trip to Japan with me a little bit. If you'd like me to go into any more details about my trip to Japan, or if you have any questions, please let me know and I'm more than happy to do so. And I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for joining me today. If this chat resonated with you at all, I'd really love it if you could share it on Instagram and tag me so I can thank you for keeping the conversation going. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time.